The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. conversation of whether or not we're not being um, concerned enough about Donald Trump, because a lot of the media is just going crazy the last couple of days about him. New York Daily News has a piece out today that he's, that he's unhinged in the uh, 25th Amendment or whatever it is. Did that bring right. back booze, or is that a way to get rid of the president? <laughs> That's the way um, to uh, put someone else in charge. Yeah. But they, they need to invoke. When are they going to invoke the 25th Amendment and remove the president who's clearly mad? I think they use the term mad. <laughs> What are we, we British now? So we'll talk about that later, I guess. Yeah. We're, we're still uh, happy for any correspondents we have that haven't been pervin on someone and lost their jobs. That's right. Right. You know, I have high hopes for our guest coming up in just a moment or two. We, we need to talk about that whole uh, Muslim video tweet thing. Yeah. And and, and it's funny. Some well, a lot of a lot of the news, Fox News was taking it pretty seriously. I think it's pretty simple. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we'll talk about that. Jack, simple, old simple Jack yeah. has a simple answer to what the hell the president was thinking. But right now, please welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show, senior political correspondent for the Washington Examiner, David Drucker. David, how are you, sir? I'm good. How are you? No hanky-panky. You still have your job. Good to know. Yes. 
the few, the proud, the ethical. Uh, <laughs> but it's been far too long, so thanks for joining us. Uh, can you help folks who aren't following the hour by our Arcania of the Senate, uh, help them understand where is the tax reform bill, what's likely to happen? So because they're doing this bill in a way that sidesteps a 60-vote threshold and the ability for the bill to be filibustered, um, blocked if it doesn't have a supermajority, there requires a a 20-hour debate period, I believe, during which up to hundreds of amendments can be offered and voted on. We call that here inside the uh, elitist cauldron, a voterama. And no amendment that leadership or that the Republicans, let's just say, because they control the chamber and are controlling this debate, no amendment that they don't want will be voted on and will be passed. Some will be uncomfortable votes or political votes that Democrats can use against Republicans later, as the Republicans did during the Obamacare voterama. But they'll make sure that the bill finishes in the form that they want it to finish in. And I'd say right now they're in a much better place than they were during the health care debate, which obviously the Senate failed. Republicans in the Senate uh, you know, failed epically on that. But this is looking much better. John McCain uh, has just announced that he's going to support the bill upon final passage. Hmm. That's a big deal. And Yeah, yeah, that is. Although, you know, I think people need to understand that Republicans – generally like to support bills that purport to cut taxes. And this is not rocket science. I mean, the health care issue is very complicated because of the impact on um, constituents. And and I could, you know, go into why that is. But this, even though there are a lot of questions about this bill and the Democrats are beating it up pretty well and the polling numbers on the bill aren't good, conceptually, you know, it, it's a tax cut bill. At least that's what Republicans think. And they also politically are at a moment where if they can't pass anything major, they're going to look like the biggest idiots of all time. They run all levers of government. <laughs> and if they can't govern, then there's really no point in them being here. That is actually worse than passing a bill that may not pan out. Speaking of the panning out, uh, how significant are the differences between the Senate and House bills? Uh, How optimistic are you on their behalf that they might be able to hammer out those differences? I think they can hammer them out. I think with the House passing a bill and if the Senate actually passes a bill, I just think the momentum and the pressure on Republicans to figure it out uh, will help create a solution. I think there are some significant differences, and they are going to have to be worked out. Uh, The Senate... Senate Republicans have some leverage because they're going to be able to tell the House, look, we have a really thin margin here. And if we need this or that in the bill to maintain our, you know, at least 50 votes plus one, with Mike Pence breaking the tie if necessary, uh, that's something you're going to be able to hold over the head of House Republicans. But I, I just I think I think there are a lot of Republicans in the House and Senate, particularly in the House, that know that this bill may not pan out politically. They do believe, you know, especially on the corporate side, that it's going to be good for economic growth. And they believe it'll be good for wage growth. So they believe in the bill in some ways, but they also know on the individual side there are a lot of issues with the bill and that they may have some angry constituents in competitive districts. 
but they've made a commitment to it, so I think they're going to get it done. We're talking with David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. Is the 20-hour Votorama going on right now? I don't believe it started yet because you had this interim period between yesterday's vote to proceed to the debate when it can actually start. But I think uh, it's going to get underway this afternoon, that, Eastern time. And is that something entertaining to watch? Should I flip on my C-SPAN or is that Dolesville? Well, no, if you're kind of nerdy that way, actually, you might see some action because you have a lot of very quick votes and quick debates. And, you know, the longer these old men and and well, not so old men are in the chamber. Sometimes things get heated. A lot of amendment proposals get tabled, and people scream that you don't want a real vote, even though it's a real vote. And, and so, it, you know, if you're a political nerd, it's actually kind of fun to watch. Uh, so, David, uh, final question from me. Uh, my opinion is that this is kind of a tepid and weak wristed reshuffling of the tax code so they can get it done uh, with, you know, 50 votes plus one, et cetera. I'm surprised that um, that Mitch McConnell hasn't exercised the nuclear option and just said, all right, all legislation is, is a simple majority. Are you surprised that he hasn't gone there no. yet? Because they can't no, govern. Yeah, but I would be very surprised if he ever went there because McConnell believes in the institution of the Senate, number one, and he really would prefer and does not want to um, irreparably turn it basically into another House of Representatives. That's number one. Number two, he knows as well as anybody that you think you're going to be in the majority forever and you're not. And the minute you eliminate the filibuster for legislation, um, you basically open the door to single-payer health care. That's what, that's what Democrats will do um, or try to do the next time they're in power anyway. Um, and and there's, just, there's no point in acting as though you're going to be in power forever doing that because it's going to be used against you much sooner than you think. And in 2010, in that election cycle, the Senate map looked so good for Democrats. And we initially were all talking about, you know, how many seats above 60 might they get? And it turned out to be a disaster. So you just you can't take those things to the bank. I got a question about Donald Trump and what you're hearing and what you're thinking, because um, I'm not in D.C. I don't know what people are actually talking about, but taking it through the media, a lot of talk. New York Times article, Washington Post article, and now a Daily News editorial board piece today calling Donald Trump unhinged, mad, crazy, off his rocker, that sort of stuff. Is is that a growing narrative, or is it just more of the same? How do you see it? Well, look, I don't think Trump's any different today than he was the day he announced for president in 2015. So I, I don't really see what all the shock is about. So you're saying he's hinged? Oh, yeah, he's perfectly hinged. This is Donald Trump. This is what he did in the campaign. This is what he's done since uh, assuming power in the White House. Nothing is new. I think what happens is sometimes we go an extended amount of time, you know, like maybe a day or two without him, you know, blowing up the world on Twitter. And everybody sort of forgets that that's just who he is and the way he is. And I don't think he's I mean, I don't think it's unhinged or unglued i just think he's donald trump he got elected president and he thinks this works and he's like i'm president i can do whatever the heck i want most of them think that way anyway they just they aren't donald trump so they you know they exhibit their power or their 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 hubris in other ways but this is just what this guy's done his whole life he's a 70 year old man and they don't change david drucker is one of the really good ones folks he's the senior political correspondent for the washington examiner david good to talk thank you anytime guys thanks well done 
You know, is it? Uh, he's he's openly what he is. Isn't that preferable to? Well, some people would cite Obama. Some people would cite George W. Bush, who appear to be uh, charming and benign folks, and and they do terrible things behind the scenes or uh, misguided things. Trump is transparent. <laughs> I think so. And hinged, according to David Drucker. That the Muslim video stuff. Want to talk about that next? We haven't covered that really. I want to talk about that next. All right. Um, I think that's one of the examples. For instance, the New York Daily News, which is a, a liberal newspaper in New York, but the editorial board saying the president of the United States is a madman is a pretty big deal. In in prior years, it would have been an enormous deal. Well, other commentators would tell you it's a mad, 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 mad world. Yeah. Huh. So I don't know. He's an odd one. I'll grant you that. He bing, is, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. That's odd. He's among the more interesting people who's ever lived on planet Earth, mm. given his position. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. a royal member i was they they came i think william and kate came to new york a couple of years ago and i was asked if i wanted to invite them but then i'd have had to bow and i can't bow to another human being seriously i can't do it i can't say nice to meet you your highness you're younger than me (laughs) bow to me bow to your elder bow to your elder peasant well, and you might argue, bow to a guy who's is grind, ground, grinded and grinded and grinded and built himself a hell of a nice career as opposed to a guy. And I say this, I got nothing against William or Harry. A guy who was, quote unquote, born into royalty, which I find a bizarre I, notion. I couldn't do that either. I, I respect John Oliver like crazy for saying that. I could no I'm way I could bow do that. to another human being unless it's, you know, a gesture of sincere respect. I don't care how cool the perk would be. You get to go to Buckingham Palace. We're going to fly you there on the royal plane. Oh, I'd do it. I'm not bowing. No freaking way. I I'd could, bow I, to a footman, whatever that I is. Couldn't make Sounds my, like a great vacation. I couldn't make my body do that. Mm, you're a proud man. Lack of flexibility? <laughs> yeah, yeah like, there's that. Over. Yeah, watch him if he drops a pen. Yeah, what, like, like, uh, uh, pretend it's not physical restrictions. that are, No, this is a this is a personal moral stance. <laughs> he just, sounds like he's in a fist fight if he has to pick up something from the floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. John Oliver. Yeah. yeah, good good for him. Well, speaking of merry old England, how about the tensions? Irma Gerd. So Trump tweets those uh, those anti-Muslim uh, videos that were put online by a far-right party in uh, England, uh, Britain first. They're uh, anti-Muslim, anti-rampant uh, Muslim immigration or, or high levels of immigration, however you want to put it, blah, blah, blah. And without verifying their veracity or their origin or whatever, the the, the president retweeted them. If you're not familiar with it, it was three of them. Um, and and just how legit they were depends who you ask. There's one at least which shows the horrors of fundamentalist Islam in a pretty graphic way. 
There's one that it's not clear it's legit at all, and there was one that's kind of iffy. And, and you know, it's funny. I was listening to the uh, National Progressive Radio. But they're from the feed of someone who is uh, not looked well upon in Great Britain. Yeah, but that gets complicated because Great Britain, and Mark Stein has written brilliantly on this topic, Great Britain, like Canada, has these idiotic anti-liberty laws that say you cannot uh, spread hatred or fear of another religion including legitimate criticism. I mean, you can say something very measured, carefully researched, etc., about the state of modern Islam and be charged under those laws and, and fined and jailed for them. It's, it's awful. It's a stupid, stupid set of laws. I agree with all that. I didn't get the sense this chick is one of those people, though, based on what I saw of her yesterday. She, she's pretty out there. Yeah, I'll bore you for an hour about... Uh, the dangers of Muslim immigration to Europe and the sociological, the cultural changes it will, you know, cause. Um, and you either think that's a good idea or you don't. But so I'm, I'm into the, I'm into that issue, and I am politically incorrect on it because I don't give a damn. Yeah, she's pretty far out there. Yeah. I think, but I think the whole story is I think Trump put about twenty seconds of thought into this exactly, and retweeted some stuff. He said, "Oh my God," and tweeted it, and just. He, he, it's amazing that he doesn't think, the, I, I need some background. I mean, because we get, I almost dropped an S-bomb. That's weird. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's hate speech. We get crap all the time from y'all uh, uh, that I immediately see and think, uh, I doubt that's true or I wonder about this one. I don't, I don't immediately run with it. No, I spend a chunk of, you know, a lot of days uh, checking sources and, and stuff I, because I think, well, as a host of a radio show, I can't just send that along because it looks a little odd to me. And we have tens of thousands of followers, not 44 million, but Trump will just, he'll just retweet something. He's yeah. not, not going to Google, I wonder if this is real. So anyway, uh, U.S., uh, U.K. You know rather. why? Because he's the president and he doesn't care anymore. What? I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't. No, care. that was that was Matt Lauer. So Sorry that's not what we wanted to do. Sorry UK Prime Minister Theresa May delivered a rare public admonishment to the U.S. president, declaring that he was wrong to share those anti-Muslim videos posted by a hateful British far-right group. It's all right. Hey, look, I'm president. I don't care. I don't care anymore. <laughs> I can't help but laugh at that. Your various uh, Parliament dudes uh, variously called him racist, fascist, and evil. Asked about Trump's uh, action, uh, May said, I'm very clear that retweeting from Britain First was the wrong thing to do. Britain First is a hateful organization. It seeks to spread mistrust and division in our communities. It stands against common British decency. Um, And then another, some minister or other, uh, said something really strong. Oh, uh, Labor MP said, this is the President of the United States sharing with millions inflammatory and divisive content by someone who represents a vile fascist organization seeking to spread hatred and violence. I don't care if something's divisive and inflammatory. Trump was either a racist, incompetent, or unthinking, or all three. But does he care? It's all right. Hey, look, I'm President. I don't care. I don't care anymore. I don't necessarily care if he retweets something that's divisive and inflammatory. That that doesn't bother me. Right. There's some things you need to take a stand on that a lot of people are going to disagree with. That's divisive. Right, and inflammatory. But uh, just based on my not very deep knowledge of who this woman is, but some of the stuff I saw her saying, she, she's probably not something you want to somebody you want to latch yourself to. You can you can make all these arguments without being directly attached to her. She uh, she got a. 
pierced tongue, which is not what I look for among my political leaders. Um, so, do you have any uh, rules on that for a dating, Sean? Or I mean, does that on a scale? You meet a woman, seems nice, everything like that. Pierced tongue, maybe even no, call it like nothing, your nothing. caution meter, where that goes. nothing. No, no, it's you would have a better gauge of that because for the younger set, there's plenty of people on the fast track to perfectly good success in life who have all kinds of weird piercings that would have been meant when you were a crazy person 30 years ago. (laughs) If those are deal breakers, you're eliminating a a large slice of the dating pie. When I was in... You ever dated a pie? Mm. Like when I was in college... I saw a movie about that kind of once. Somebody with a pierced tongue, I mean, you're clearly... You're out there. You're you're out on the edge of society. Right. And your life is probably not going to be the better for it. Yeah. Almost certainly. God. But now, no. Doesn't mean anything. Friend of my dad's told me, you know, when you go to an interview with those ad agencies in Chicago, you should take out your earring because, you know, a lot of people disapprove. He's sending me into the arts community with that advice. Oh, my God. Couldn't have been more wrong. <laughs> so, Pierce, whatever you want, folks. It's your body. Jab whatever you want through it. <laughs> There's this great Corolla bit that I loved where, like, the, the human tattoo and the walking piercing used to be exhibits at the at the freak show. Now it's right. your morning shift at Starbucks. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, the greater question in all this is, you know, is the president unhinged? Is he damaging the country? Is this uh, going to ruin the special relationship with Britain? And I'm telling you, and, and I see both sides of this. Number one. The rest of the world is adjusting. They get it. He shoots his mouth off. We already have. Right. Because his, his attack on Scarborough yesterday, regular presidency goes after a news anchor that way. You would think, oh, this is scary, trying to shut down the free media. Right. Trump does it. The media guy in question doesn't react to it at Rolls all. Rolls his eyes. Yeah. Says the president is not well. <laughs> it's, it was just stupid. It was stupid unjustifiable and he shouldn't have done it and life goes on we're all fine uh n- now and will it diminish the presidency well it will certainly diminish the significance of everything the president says until we got the next president and then i think it'll rebound back quite smartly people will adjust to the president now if, if we were talking about this from portugal or something and our leader was doing this this could cause some pretty serious problems yeah because nobody cares about portugal but the rest of the world will adjust to the POTUS. Now, I hope he doesn't go too far, obviously. But, God, everybody who loves to be scared and pronounce that we're doomed because the president shoots off his mouth, it'll be okay. What's coming up your news, Marshall? A lot going on. Key Republican senator now backing the GOP tax bill. Nancy Pelosi says embattled Congressman John Conyer must resign. And Matt Lauer could be facing even more sexual misconduct allegations. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Wow, Pelosi, interesting turn. Uh, On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. You want to know what we talk about during the commercials? Do you wonder? I just learned about crockpot liners. I had no idea. They have liners? So you don't have to scrub the mother scratcher? Yes. Yeah, I learned about this from when uh, we were doing Marshall's uh, How to Make Buttered Beef uh, video. 
Yes. And he had this crockpot liner. AKA how to get diarrhea. Go on. This <laughs> is sick enough. It goes by many names. Uh, but yeah, it's essentially just a bag that you put in the crockpot that is made to not melt with the heat or whatever. And then right. you just cook it in the bag. It removes yeah. any cleanup of the crockpot whatsoever. That's you so... just pull the bag out. You dump out the contents. You throw the bag away. Yeah. I see my wife. I smell my wife making crockpot meat. I think, yeah. oh, that's going to be delicious. Oh, that's right. I'm going to be cleaning the crockpot later. So is it plastic? Yeah. yeah. It's just, yeah. just some sort of heavy duty that can mm-hmm. handle the heat. Yeah. How did I damned. not know about this? I oh, this know. is this is on par with penicillin. There you go. <laughs> I mean, this is this Boy, is fabulous. It really is a life changer. That's it your really news is. headline today. Yes. There's such there's such a thing as a crockpot liner. Yes. Wow. Now we can crockpot every day, as far as I'm concerned. Indeed. News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, here's something else that's a game changer, it looks the like. Crock of crap. Senator John McCain says he will support the Senate tax bill. In his statement, the Arizona Republican called the legislation far from perfect, but said he thought it would enhance American competitiveness, boost the economy, and provide long overdue tax relief for middle class families. McCain said he took seriously the concerns of his colleagues, but he does think the bill will have a positive net effect on the economy. McCain was one of the last GOP senators who had not committed to supporting the bill. So it looks like the numbers are there, then. It looks like it's shaping up wow, pretty quickly. Wow, that's a real victory. So my taxes are going up. Great. My, mine are. <laughs> mine are, yeah. Yeah, hey, if you're a blue state person, you know, and, and you've done okay in life, good chance your taxes are going up. Halla freaking Louisiana. House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi is now saying Michigan Democrat John Conyers must resign. Pelosi calling the sexual harassment claims against Conyers serious, disappointing, and very credible. Conyers has been hospitalized now in Detroit for a stress-related illness. Oh, the Cosby blindness thinks this oh, yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, well yeah n- no kidding. Um, I can tell you why the, the change of face. First of all, Nancy Pelosi's off her game. She's passed she her changed front. her face again. Um, <laughs> she is one of the great political minds of the last 50 years of navigating the waters of politics. Yeah. A younger Nancy Pelosi would have recognized the moment we're in and thrown Conyers under the bus immediately. Right. And made the mistake of going on the Meet the Press and saying, oh, he's an icon and we don't know the accusers and we have due process. Just just a right. bad move. Right. Bad move. And the reason this is happening, and we should have grabbed some sound from it, on the Today Show today, Conyers' accuser, who had remained anonymous, came forward and has done an exclusive interview and laid out what happened. And Nancy knows that. And, well, okay. Can't stand by him anymore. Nice. Disgraced Today Show host uh, Mac Lauer is apologizing over sexual misconduct allegations that led to his uh, sudden firing on Wednesday. Savannah Guthrie read a statement by her former partner on the show this morning. I regret that my shame is now shared by the people I cherish dearly. Repairing the damage will take a lot of time and soul searching, and I'm committed to beginning that effort. It is now my full time job. Yeah, right, fabulous. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care anymore. (laughs) I like the beginning of his statement that said, there aren't words to describe my shame. You know what, Matt? There are words. There's a dictionary full of words. Why don't you say what you're ashamed of, what you did wrong? I mean, Louis C.K., for for all its oddness, at least he said... I realize now I didn't give women a choice. I gave them a dilemma. Right. And that was uncool. There are no words to describe. No, why don't you take 10 minutes and find some, you pansy? A journalist from Variety is telling uh, Good Morning America that accounts from more women alleging sexual misconduct by Matt Lauer are now being vetted by his organization. 
So apparently there's a whole line of ladies coming forward to uh, talk to Variety and the New York Times about this. Matt Lauer can suck it. So the 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 modern view is he it's impossible for him to have a consensual relationship in the workplace because he's so powerful. Yeah, although if a woman says, no, 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 look, I think he's attractive. I had a great time. We went out for a while. I'm cool. My marriage is on the rocks. His marriage is on the rocks. Or whatever. You could get away with that. Yeah. I don't think that yeah. it would have to be that and only that. And NBC would have to make a big statement about we reaffirm the, the, the rules and regulations, but we've decided that. But even that would be a little touchy. With somebody that powerful. But God dang, so the story on that one woman is he just called her to his office and right. had sex with her, and there's no right. more details than that. She right. just felt like she had to. Well, right. but no, she uh, she actually passed out, and they had to call a nurse to come and get her. I hadn't heard that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's yeah. that skilled to love her, or what? No. She passed out. Apparently she had a panic attack, and they had to call a nurse Oh, in. my God. Yeah, wow. Whoa. Wow, yeah. okay. All right, Marshall. Why were you burying this? Let's I... make Marshall the bad guy. <laughs> Why did you leave with that? How <laughs> dare you, Marshall? That's a and now, Armstrong and Getty attack their beloved newsman. My God. Standards. So, wow. Oh, that's she, awful. This is the oh, my God. Can you imagine a, a woman put in that position? Yeah. It's terrible. She, and she's the one, one of the ones who said he went on to lock the door. You know, with the button under the uh, desk, he yeah. locked the door. And well, yeah, you know, jeez. Oh, yeah, you go into your boss's office and he locks the door. Yes. And and starts groping you. That would be a that'd be a heck of a situation to be in. You can get that on Amazon, the one button sex dungeon kit. And she <laughs> it's uh, only forty nine ninety five Prime. You know, our headline: The Today Show has a sex dungeon. <laughs> so hey, listen. One more thought about yeah. the consensual affair. Blah blah blah. Right. That can still be incredibly corrosive within uh, an organization because the rest of the gals will be talking about. Oh sure. Oh great. So you have to effing sleep with Matt Lauer. To become, you know, a first-tier producer, right. assistant producer. Right. Yeah. No wonder your story right. was on this morning. Any sort of promotion or success she gets will then right. just and be that, discredited as because. They, and, and then you got a uh, cancer in the clubhouse, right. as they say. That's the other thing they were pointing out. Matt Lauer had, Lauer had such control over the content of that show. He could pick your story, and it could get on the air. Or he could ignore your story ideas, yeah, and it wouldn't get on the air. I didn't realize he was the top dog for the yeah. entire NBC News division. I, that, I, for some reason, I didn't know that. But apparently, he he was, he was he called all the shots on their entire news division. Why? I don't know. But Because he, he could. Because he could. Yep. All the money coming in, you know, and number one for that long. Anyway, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting the Getty Show, the voice of the West. Who's uh, Willie Geist, who's on uh, Morning Joe. Yeah. He, he's perfect for that role. He, he steps right into that. What? Is he charming enough and, and housefrau-friendly enough? He's way more charming than Matt yeah. Lauer ever has been. And isn't Willie doing the uh, Sunday show? Yeah. The NBC yeah. show? That yeah. his dad used to do. Yeah. yeah. It's a good yeah. job, that man, Willie Geist. Yeah, and he's funny. He's, he's better than Matt Lauer, so yeah. good for him. I, I was wondering, I was watching yesterday when the news broke. He was, seemed very upset, but I wondered if his wheels were turning. Oh, my God. I'm going to be the host of the Today Show. Note to self, assassinate the characters of Glenn Beck, Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity. I'm sorry, is my mic still on? What about Wayne Brady? Wayne Brady? What? No, as host for today's show. He'd be good. He's, I think. he's a I charming know. dude. Why yeah. not? I don't know if he knows anything about the news. But... Hey, nice view from here, by the way, Michael. Keep bending over. <laughs> oh, yeah. Huh? I like that. You're listening oh, yeah. to the Armstrong and Getty Show. So can let me be your passenger I shook, said I like the way Said I like the way you say you ship out
should have mentioned uh, the president shot back at old Theresa May, too. Don't focus on me. Focus on the destructive, radical Islamic terrorism that's taking place within the United Kingdom. We are doing just fine, which made everybody really. What does that mean? We are doing just fine. You've had more terrorist attacks than we have. Is that what he meant? Or you run your country, we'll run ours. That's less offensive. Nobody knows. And I'm just reading the New York Times details on that. Uh, the Matt Lauer thing that. Uh Marshall mentioned, where the woman says she was sexually assaulted in his office until she passed out. What? That's the New York Times report. He's got to be jailed. Having interviewed her. Yeah. I mean, so now it turns into something different than what it looked like. And what it looked like before wasn't great. Right. So Interesting. Maybe more of the details on that coming up. Well, those are stories we are covering. These are stories we won't be covering with Positive Sean. Sean, what's your first headline? All right. In a preemptive strike against tomorrow's Flesh Free Friday, I'm going to get a couple of accusations out of the way that have broken today. Um, Russell Simmons is stepping away from his companies after more sexual assault allegations. Wow. Uh, uh, more. He just released a statement addressing charges leveled against him by Jenny Lumet, who um, wrote in an article this morning uh, and it, it claimed that Simmons sexually assaulted her back in 1991. In his statement, I've been informed with great anguish of Jenny Lumet's recollection about our night together in 1991. I know Jenny and her family. Uh, have and have seen her several times over the years since the evening she described. While the memory, while her memory of that evening is very different from mine, oh, it is the now Franken maneuver. It is now clear to me that her feelings of fear and intimidation are real. While I have never been violent, I have been thoughtless and insensitive in some of my relationships over many decades, and I sincerely and humbly apologize. Okay, I got to comment on that after you get through your stories. I think I'm starting to understand what's going on here. All right. What uh, next? Uh, Jeffrey Rush, this is also a preemptive strike against uh. Flesh Free Friday, uh, accused of inappropriate behavior from a uh, the Sydney Theater Company, but there's almost no details about what any of that is. He's uh, a fine actor. Uh, is the NFL bribing players to stand during the national anthem? The NFL came to an agreement with several players that they will be donating $89 million over seven years to social justice causes. There has been no uh, blatant quid pro quo, like, hey, if we do this, you guys do that. But many are seeing this as some sort of, of an agreement that uh, yeah, the NFL says, hey, let's take, uh, let's take these issues that you guys have and see if we can do something about them. It's a compromise. Yeah. That's just smart business. I've seen them allowing them to wear stuff on their shoes. Have you seen that? Yeah, which is actually uh, a big step. It yeah. seems small, but they are the NFL is notorious for if you wear the wrong color socks, you get fined, that sort of thing. Right, but now they're letting you have on your shoe, you know, rainbow or whatever your cause is, hoping that you'll get that out of your system and not draw some attention that's going to damage the brand. Mm. And from the Time Remains Undefeated file, finally we have Pam Anderson trying to flirt her way past Secret Service <laughs> in order to ask Mike Pence... To give Julian Assange a pardon. (laughs) (laughs) That headline on its own is pretty good. Yes, uh, according to onlookers, Pamela Anderson, the former Baywatch beauty, marched straight up to the Secret Serviceman and asked to see Pence. The Secret Earth Service agent practically swooned and fainted when she walked up to him and started pressing her finger on his badge. The, oh, well, hey, hey, you, you know that move. Oh, golly. Uh, Pam said, I'd like to meet the vice president. 
The source, however, did say the agent did get it together enough to politely refuse, saying the vice president was busy. I just said, I'd like to meet David Hasselhoff. You get me Hasselhoff, I'll get you Pence. Or now go. <laughs> or if this was 30 years ago, you'd really have me in a corner, but it's not. So, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With all due respect, how are your grandkids? <laughs> when reached, <laughs> when reached for comment, Pamela Anderson said she wanted to thank Pence for supporting the protection of sources of journalists with his support of the Federal Shield Law, and then mentioned she was also going to bring up Julian Assange and how uh, he should be pardoned. Right. <laughs> Wow. Well, okay. Great. Super. Certainly glad we won't be covering those stories Well, today. no. Nicely touched on. Yeah, a little round the horn there. Well done. So, I wonder where the NFL is going. Away. I wish I... Well, yeah. If I had a time machine, uh, you know, our listener pointed out that you got to go to the future. You got to see what's going to happen in the future. Um, that would be uh, interesting. People talk about football the way we talk about, I don't know... I don't know, shooting bison or something. <laughs> Bygone day. So I, I find it hard to believe that there are that many men that just have the uh, have in them sexual assault. I just so I'm, I'm starting to think that it's a if you spend years in a situation where women throw themselves at you. Mm-hmm. You come to believe that every woman wants you, and you just skip over any of the preliminaries that you used to go through. Right. With the assumption that everybody wants me. I mean, I've had hundreds of occasions of women wanting me that I'd never met in my life. I'm with you so far. And you just somehow in your mind, you skip over the preliminaries and just start just jumping on them, thinking they want it. And when they're in situations where they're worried about their job, they go along with it. Mm -hmm. So in your mind, you're just assuming this is another person that... Wants to have sex with me, as so many have through the years. I've never been that person, so I don't know what that would be like. And and folks, don't misunderstand. This is not Jack trying to justify it. This is pathogenesis. This is how a disease takes shape. The disease of treating women with a complete lack of respect. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I think you're probably right to a large extent. Plus, you know, I've known plenty of guys who, in high school, college, 20s, their 30s, they used women and threw them away. So you combine that with power and money and and uh, and and like a free pass to do virtually anything you want, and man, people well power corrupts, and people start crossing lines. They they don't even look for the lines anymore. I think just to try to figure out what's going on with the psychology of it, I would love to know how many women did Matt Lauer have sex with. That were willing participants, for instance, within NBC or just. I don't know, maybe just in general, just in his career. How many women threw themselves at Matt Lauer when he's the up-and-coming, good-looking stud TV reporter just because he was good-looking, mm-hmm. um, and then all the way through his career? Or Harvey Weinstein. How many actresses threw themselves at Harvey Weinstein all those years to get parts just to try to understand the psychology of where this comes from? Yeah. It doesn't. It's no justification for you getting to do it. The law is still the law. It right. should be. You should get punished, blah, blah, blah. I'm just wondering, because it doesn't make any sense. I don't think the most of us men listening that there, there are that many men they just attack women? Well, it depends on your definitions, and you got the whole power thing and the within an organization thing, which complicates it. Then you got old Garrison Keeler being canned for what to me is is just a non-offense, or if it's an offense, give him give him a, a warning or something. It was com- completely innocent. He allegedly accidentally touched a woman's back under her billowy blouse, 
when he was trying to say, they're there, it'll be okay, or so he says. Well, Glenn Thrush is still not at the New York Times. He's yeah, still those, suspended. Those allegations seem pathetic to me. He, he and a co-worker kissed at a bar after work. Pretty much the long and short of that one. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm hoping we find the time and energy to, to develop some reasonable guidelines. Of course, you know, a nuclear war with North Korea breaks out. Nobody will care, and we'll revisit this in 50 years after the radiation goes away. <laughs> and George Stephanopoulos gets away with it. Or whoever's next on the list. That was, that was just a for instance. I don't have any news on George Stephanopoulos. Breaking news, breaking news. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.